I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Because the, the times just never line up, right? And then I'll, I'll chat to the guys, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, this is you've totally got to come on." I'm like, "Yeah, well, let's get it sorted." And then everything kind of looks like it's it's aligning, and then it just doesn't again. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so just part and parcel of it. It'll eventually happen. That's the, and then it'll be yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you just, just gotta, yeah, sure. Just gotta hang around long enough, and eventually it happens. Yeah, totally. Like the desperate boyfriend or desperate guy friend. <laughs> yes. Yes, love just keep, me. Just keep hanging around, and eventually she's gonna give it up. Yeah, yeah, you stay out of the friend zone for just long enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bonjour, bienvenue sur le podcast. Mon nom est Paul. Uh, that was my poor attempt at French. Um, hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Paul. Thank you for listening to Who Will Survive. This is episode 30. And with me is my always present co-host, who is a little bit of a jealous streak in him. Sometimes you might mm. say even a little bit murderously jealous. But uh, how's it going, Marco? I'm good, man. But you know how to get rid of the jealousy is just stop going on other people's podcasts and, you know, just talk to me, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm available. I keep texting you. I, 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 I swear I wasn't on anyone else's podcast. Uh, it, it's it's not it's not what you think. I just just another another, another friend that, uh, that was, the, you know, not not another podcaster, I swear. But uh, we do have a, a guest for the show tonight. Here we go. Same as usual. No, no, I swear it's not, it's not another podcaster. I swear um, he is he is a, a traveling singer and performer uh, in in his native country of Belgium. They call him an artiste. He goes by the name of Mark Stevens, apparently. But I yes. have just been calling him Gloria. Uh, how's it going, Gloria? Gloria is a good one. Voulez-vous échecer moi? Whoa! Yes. Yeah, I, oh. I, I don't know what I, I'm. I'm assuming what I asked for was a large bowl of tomato soup and a croissant. Yeah, that's exactly why I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the most of it that I know is what Google Translate pulled up for that introduction that I did. That's all of my. It was very good actually. It was very good. I, I played it back and and said it with it like thirty times before I got on <laughs> Skype. So. 
Nice. I nice. wanted to. The, the trick you was the podcast. It's like podcast. It's not podcast. I had to podcast? Really, I had to really nail that one. But uh, no, this is not, not actually Mark Stevens or Gloria. This is our friend Duncan McLeish. You may know him from Podcast Under the Stairs and all of his his uh, random offsprings of, of the Podcast Under the Stairs show. Uh, what's going on, buddy? Welcome. Thanks very much. For, thank you for inviting me. I'm like super excited to be here. This is the podcast that I consistently get the name wrong. Uh, I think I, I, I oh. called it a bit everything except what it's actually called. Um, and yeah, and then I, I yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Um, I remember not that long ago when you guys were just kicking off and look at you now yeah, I, know. I know right right all grown up <laughs> going to I, college <laughs> well thank you it's uh well, thank it's, you for that yeah. it's been a long a long road for sure and uh i know i didn't even plan that this was like a special episode but this is number 30 of the review episodes um just like your podcast i i have several numbering systems so it's not the, <laughs> the 30th episode it's like the 66th episode or something yeah at this uh, stage i'm just doing it at this stage i'm just doing it to piss off people with ocd <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i, I exactly I, I was definitely inspired by when i was starting the show from you and a bunch of other people who were already kind of rolling and just had asked asked around a lot of questions and stuff and and got some input from you and listened to the way that certain people structured things. And I definitely mm -hmm. had, especially in the early days, really kind of lifted from a lot of those ideas. And then when I started doing the, the separate entities of the show, because originally it was just, we were just doing the, the review show. And as I started to branch off, I was like, you know, I should number all of these too. And then I'll have this whole secondary and, and tertiary number system like Duncan does. And that's kind of funny because it will annoy people where they're like, oh, wow, 30 episodes is a lot. I'm like, well, actually, it's like 66, but there's yep. like 15 yeah. of that, 16 of that. So. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been fun. We have uh, have talked a few times here and there about doing something together, and it just, you know, it's difficult with the whole international thing. And with your podcast, you are insanely busy. So tell us a little bit for anyone who may not have heard your podcast uh, about the what you, what you guys do over there under the stairs. Um, so like the podcast under the stairs will be six years old um, this year which is nuts because cool. it started off as a like every podcast it just started off as like a like a small opportunity for me to sit and chat with a friend at the time about mm -hmm. the movies and it's it's kind of spiraled on Um it's become a bit of a variety show now um, right, right. which is not what I envisioned it to be when I started um, but it's kind of went that way mostly because I it's not that I don't like inactivity. I just tend to find that a, a chronic insomniac. Um, I tend to have a ton of ideas, and <laughs> those ideas become offshoots sure. of the show that I won't give up on. So they just keep morphing out. So yeah, you've got um, our regular numbered episodes, which tend to look at horror movies, new and old. Um, I do bonus episodes, which are kind of more focused at just brand new horror movies. I've seen it's a good way sure, for yeah. me to keep track on what I'm watching. I do a movie club, which is where I get uh, listeners of the show to watch a movie that I pick and then send their reviews in. I do. <laughs> That's yes. I'm thinking of this. It's just morphing into more stuff now. Yeah, right, I, right, right. I know Marco and I have joined movie club, but it's been quite a while yeah. since we have looked You're, back on that. I, I love it because we, I like every month I'm hearing from. I always get at least one new person nice. gets in touch who's who's been listening for a while. But That's I good. do. Um, 
I do Russian roulette franchise retrospectives, which is where I, I get a franchise, get some guest hosts involved, put their names in one hat, and then the movie's another one, and draw them out. So they don't know what they're getting, so they might get a good movie, or they might get a dud. Um, right. I, I know, I the, the one that I was on, I wanted so bad to get one of the bad Final Destination movies, <laughs> and I, unfortunately <laughs> I got the best wants, one. Everyone right, wants, right. like, the longer you do it, everyone wants a bad movie. Like, I, know, yeah. I, was, I, I couldn't believe how many people put their name in for the Puppet Master franchise. <laughs> I'm like, ah, you're just, you're just, like, the, the ratio of good to bad, their favors bad. And people are like, <laughs> yes. yeah, it'll be great, man. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yes. Well, if you're happy, I'm happy. Uh, so I do In Reverence, which is also, like, so In Reverence is more the stories of the movies that influence my love of horror. So, like, if you, mm-hmm. the first time you saw a movie like Suspiria and how that just makes you want to binge on Italian horror, or the first time mm-hmm. you see a movie like Blair Witch and you, like, really want to go and try and find more movies that use found footage, mm-hmm. that sort of idea. And, yeah, there's about another three or four kind of offshoots that are all involved with it. The show typically puts out about three episodes a week. Um, wow. Nice. The week that I'm recording with you guys just now, I'm putting out six. Nice. So, <laughs> and <laughs> April, April, um, as it stands just now, there's like 22 episodes coming out in April over 30 days. So, but I'm not saying I'll always do that. Some months are busier than others. And it just comes down yeah, to yeah. what I want to talk about. When you, sure. you solo cast, when you yourself, and you have access to amazing voices all over and the opportunity to speak to loads of different podcasters and just different different opinions and different views on things you tend to find that it's quite a fertile ground to play around in so yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm always i'm always chatting somewhere about something um but sure, yeah podcast yeah. under the stairs is my home sure yeah well that's we, we have kind of shifted the show into doing a lot more guest featuring and, mm-hmm. and having people on, which is why Marco keeps getting jealous and murdering all the guests. So. <laughs> Luckily, you're pretty far away from him, so I think you'll be safe. Yeah, just, um, just no repeats. Uh, for, for anyone who doesn't get what we're saying, it's, it's jokes from the movies, which I guess we should say what movies we're talking about. You're right, right. Uh, these were two movies that were picked by you, and uh, would you like to tell us, a little, tell us what these movies are and a little bit about why you chose them? Yeah, so um, I like I'm European for people that don't know I'm from Scotland. Uh, and I, I, I like I genuinely, as much as I love like American cinema and British cinema, I am super passionate about European horror cinema because I think there's just so many movies that just people don't get access to or just haven't heard of before Uh, and when you think about horror you think about the big kind of temple countries like Spain, Italy Germany, France and stuff but like there is a rich heritage in some of the smaller countries so when we're originally kind of spitballing ideas and you gave me like a huge selection of amazing movies that we could have went in any direction and then you basically said to me unless you've got something you want to talk about i don't know why it came to me i really don't <laughs> but um I, I started thinking about fabrice de Welts, who is uh as a belgian filmmaker who has not done many movies but he, he is in the process of doing a trilogy and um we've still to see that third part but i chose the first two um in that trilogy a movie called calvier which um was released in uh, kind of english-speaking countries as the ordeal from 2004 um, and a movie called alleluia 
from 2014, which is a remake of the kind of classic serial killer movie, The Honeymoon Killers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the direction I went. Um, sure. And, and be forewarned just now, both movies are pretty bleak, So, <laughs> Yeah, well, we, uh, Steve, oh uh, Paul and I both like text each other, like, as uh, um, Lauren Lucas who plays in both these movies, who stars in both these movies, was in one of our favorite movies a couple years ago, Raw. He played the dad in Raw, and we were like, hey, at least we know some sort of familiarity with this. We know one of these actors, you know? Yeah. Um, not, but to, like, I was, not to get too far ahead, but much like oh, in yeah, Raw, yeah. his life turns out pretty shitty in both of these movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was yeah, saying. Like, you know, I, I always, because I, again, I am very disconnected in um, European horror culture. I mean, I, I, I seen a lot of movies but not nearly what's out there and to have someone like you to come on and show us kind of like look here's from this end of the world this is what's going on um i appreciate that so much because yeah i i personally get stuck into the you know the typical franchises and the you know of course like the mainstream stuff a lot um and it's harder yeah, yeah, it's, it's what's in front of you here. you gotta dig yeah it, it's harder in america uh, again for from my experience on the west coast here you can't just go out and find movies anymore. You know, there's right. no video stores. There's nothing like that. And and the internet only goes so far. Netflix only goes so far. So um, I sure. appreciated this. Like, here's two movies. Never even heard of it. But I'm starting to see some, you know, familiar names now as we're doing this exploration. So, right. uh, well, and yeah. You, you get, like, weird distribution stuff, too, with, with mm-hmm. the stuff. Like, obviously, these movies are older, but... I know uh, Calvera wasn't even available to, to stream anywhere in the U.S. currently. So whoever mm-hmm. owns the rights, just let it die and never bother mm-hmm. to try and sell it to anyone. It's not on iTunes, not on Amazon. Uh, so unfortunately, I had to actually watch this by illegal means, but there's no other way to actually watch it outside yeah, it's out, it's of buying out of like print. a $40 DVD or something. So Yeah, it's, right, it's out of right. print as well, which to me, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I... <laughs> I I get that there's a frustration that that kind of swings in with that, and that I mean the movie, right? It's not. It's it was never like a massive international success. Neither one of these right. movies made a lot of money, but right. um, you know that there there is an audience out there if they're put in the right platform. I think it's just mm-hmm. a case of um, time will tell. This is these are the sort of movies that you know five ten years from now some bespoke label will eventually pick up and and do something with. It's just a shame that you know you you, you kind of really are reduced to doing the one thing you don't want to do. That that right. one mm-hmm. thing that that the industry keeps telling you is killing the industry is the right. only way to view the movie you want to see. Because if it right. was available, you'd buy it. And I, I, that's that's the frustration. And to be to be honest with you, um, like we're in exactly the same position in the UK. The, the, I mean, like for me to watch this movie, I have a digital copy from years ago, which I acquired through less than legal means, uh, <laughs> because you just you can't buy it. You can't buy it. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so Alleluia is not too bad because it's on streaming services. But um, yeah, that was that was actually on Amazon Prime here. So yeah, yeah. free yeah. with subscription. Yep. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Score. <laughs> it's always nice when something comes up that you already have or you, you have immediate access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Bonus. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely something. I mean, Calvary we never would have come across, obviously, because you wouldn't just be strolling through 
Shutter or Netflix or something and ever even come across it because it's not even here. Yeah. So right. unless you were going through the history of, of uh, Lucas Laurent and his films, you're like, oh, I wonder what else the guy from Raw did. Yeah. Then maybe right. you'd stumble across it. Or if you saw Alleluia and you're like, oh, I wonder what else this director did maybe. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's it does kind of suck. But it's cool that just to, to get the recommendation from people. That's why I always leave that out there because I know, especially people like you that are really sort of more knowledgeable in the, the less than known movies. Mm-hmm. It is, there's always something that's out there that uh, a lot of people haven't heard of. And as far as like international stuff, I've, I've really taken a liking to a lot of that myself as well. Uh, whether it be Asian or European or just a, a mm-hmm. lot of like the foreign language speaking movies. Um, I, I know Marco had said that the last couple of years that our favorite movies have been French speaking movies. And uh, yeah. the, the one was actually, well, my number one from last year was the French Canadian zombie movie, Ravenous. Oh, I love that movie. And yeah. uh, that was my number two. So I mean, like right up there. Yeah. And then it was raw from the year before that. So yeah, yeah. We are practically yeah. Frenchmen. <laughs> raw is a tour de force. Of cinema, yeah, that that movie, that movie is fucking incredible, absolutely that, yeah. incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one may is is if I ever do like another top ten or top twenty films, I I very hard pressed not to put it on that. That's how much I love that film. Yeah, yeah that one is really it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like powerful and beautiful and just so well structured. Yeah, and it's it's like a lot of what you see in these movies that not that we want to fully get into the movies yet but the it's like art housey but it's not art housey to just be weird yeah it's not like oh right. here's just a random close-up of like a spider's eyeball or some shit for five minutes <laughs> right. and like what the fuck is that supposed to mean yeah 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 or you know a camera on a door for 20 minutes like okay yeah slowly panning let's, away or something like yeah what the let's fuck is that supposed something. to mean i don't understand <laughs> exactly so I love stuff like this where it could be art housey but not be overtly weird for the sake of being weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, Calavera, there's some argument there, but we'll get into it on that. Like, what the hell? But again, right, we'll, right. we'll save that for discussion. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into the movies, um, ha- has there been anything... I know, you know, you have your finger on the pulse of the, the new stuff. Is there any new movies that maybe people don't know about that you could throw a recommendation out for? Oh, that's that's a, that's a good one. Um, as it stands just now, uh, in terms of horror, the, the, I mean, obviously the big, the big one this week is us, the new Jordan Peele one. So, mm-hmm. and you know, it's good and you should go and check it out. But to me, the, the movie that I keep kind of... There's, there's two movies in particular that I will continually bang on about that I've seen this year that I think people should be watching uh, if they get an opportunity. Um, one was very well publicised. It's just not easily available in the States at the moment. And that's One Cut of the Dead. Um, oh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is absolutely fucking incredible. I mean, like, I, I, I went as far as to say and that uh, you're, um, you're kind of your podcast network leader Bo Ransdell um, reached out to me today to say that he finally saw it and he loved it and I had, had said to him months ago when I watched the movie I was like that it's a better horror comedy zombie movie than Shaun of the Dead and he was like oh, oh wow. bold statement and then I asked him today I was like that I was like right now that you've seen that movie, do you see what I see? What, do you understand when I said it's a better movie than Shaun of the Dead? Right. And Bo Ransdell agrees with me. So there we go. Wow. <clears throat> so there you go. Bold, 
bold claim, but I think merited. Um, the other one that I think is really good that people are kind of asleep on, and I know why they are, it's just because it's not necessarily the horror genre, although it definitely heads that way towards the end, is Sorry to Bother You, which I think came out in the States very late last year. It came out in the UK okay. very late last year, but um, kind of very late December and early January. Uh, it's a kind of a comedy movie that at first is I mean it's it's laden with kind of class politics and kind of social commentary and all the rest and it's about a guy who's down on his luck he takes a job in a call centre um, and finds out <laughs> when he's sitting in the call centre it's worth saying that the, the, the gentleman is African American and he's in this call centre and he's earning very little money and he's sitting beside Danny Glover of all people and right. Danny Glover basically tells him listen you'll get more business if you learn to perfect your white voice and so <laughs> he puts on this kind of Richard Pryor-esque white voice nice right right um, and all of a sudden he starts to be able to sell everything and he starts slowly climbing up the corporate ladder right so he goes from selling like air conditioning units to selling nuclear bombs to terrorists you know like it's all big business and this is how it's done so that's what the commentary is so the movie is kind of pivoted there the last half an hour is like something straight out of a Brian Yuzna movie though it takes a wicked fucking left turn into kind of society <laughs> reanimator like body horror shit like full on body horror shit in the last half an hour so much so that I like I, any chance I get to tell people to watch this movie I tell people to watch this movie because the wow. trailer doesn't let you know any of that and you watch right. that movie and you you think you know what's happening and then in the last half an hour that movie goes fucking bananas and it's <laughs> worth your time it's called sorry to bother you and if you get a chance you will not be disappointed uh, does um, um does does danny glover at any point tell him that he's getting too old for this shit i'm too old for this shit i don't think he says the words in that order but yeah the meaning's there <laughs> <laughs> so anytime you see him on screen you just expect him to say that exactly He's like, come on, so, just say it. It's like, all yeah. right, fine, I'll just say it, guys. I think he just like everyone asks him, it's like, that's his life now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's his, that's his tagline, exactly. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this. You go first, I'm really too old for this. No, you go first. Boy, I'm too old for this shit. Not for me, you're not sure. I'm, I'm too, too old for this shit. shit. You're getting too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit, too. We're not, not too old, old for this shit. It's uh, like he's just walking around getting coffee. People are like, hey, I'm getting too old for this shit, right? Yeah, you're the guy. And he's like, oh, fucking Christ. This fucking one-liner shit. But yeah, it's, it's a movie I, I highly recommend. That yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. I think it is streaming. It's streaming over here now, so it must be streaming okay. in the States. Yeah, both okay. of those sound very much like they're up our alley. Uh, the, the one cut of the dead I've heard a lot of talk about, and I know... That one sounds like it's something that I'm really gonna like because of how weird it is. Oh yeah, it's not and, and how unique it's it is. Like, so yeah, it's it's like five different, it's like five layered ideas that all perfectly work that shouldn't right. work all in one movie. Yes. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's it's mind blowing how good that movie actually is. Uh, it really is. Yeah, uh, for a movie that costs very very little to make, um, it's, I think it, as it stands just now, it's the highest grossing Japanese horror film like uh, in japan like as in, in terms of the money it made in its home country and to get that it had to outsell the ring um wow. which held that title for for many many years 20 years so um, nice nice so. yeah and the other one I, I know i've heard the name i just 
I don't feel like I've heard that particular description of it, so now I'm definitely yeah, more no one's, yeah, no one's, everyone's yeah. talking about it just being a flat-out comedy, and no one is talking about that. It's almost as if people have been traumatized, and have, like, through the <laughs> trauma, have forgotten what happens in the last half an hour of that movie. But yeah, it, it full, it's full-on body horror, it's fucking right. great. Beautiful. Alright, well, I think, uh, yeah. I think we could probably transition into our first movie discussion here. Uh, we don't want to... I don't want to spend all night here since it's several hours different for you in, in your time zone. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we don't keep you until tomorrow, if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. I'll just keep you till tomorrow. It's a good title. <laughs> all right. So our first movie is from 2004. It is called Calvert, <laughs> or The Ordeal, I believe it translates to. Mm-hmm. And we like to start by reading the often incorrect IMDb synopsis, which says, Let's see. Uh, Mark, a traveling entertainer, is on his way home for Christmas when his van breaks in the middle of a jerkwater town with some strange inhabitants. That's fun. So it's yes. a Christmas movie. All right. Is, this, is technically a, this is technically a Christmas movie. I know, yeah. I, I was thinking that too. I'm like, which makes me love it even more. This is the one that exactly. I have to, have to add to my Christmas watch list for this year for right. sure. But uh, so the, the, the main idea here is we, we have Laurent Lucas, who is the main character, this Mark Stevens, who he seems to just be kind of a low budget singer, performer guy for like old folks homes and stuff, as we call them here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, are, you, are you laughing because he has a thing for the old ladies? Yeah, I know. Well, they, they, they go out of the way to show that the women are pretty much just throwing themselves at him. Yeah, yeah. A, I mean, a couple well, different it's a people. Theme. Yeah, it's a common theme in this movie. Like he's the something about Mary of this character. You know that whole thing where everybody's just <laughs> drawn to him, and you know, it's a weird. It's a weird thing. They're like, oh, Mark, please come back. I know there's the old lady comes into his dressing room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, puts his hand into her lap. And, and yeah. then he's like, oh, my God, no, no, she, definitely yeah, not. Take it for the team. She's lonely. I mean, it's, you I know. know. And then she's she's cursing at herself. She's like, you stupid, dumb bitch. What's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you? I was like, this old lady is hilarious. Yeah, because he sang to her because he was singing to her. And, you know, he was just kind of making, you know, contact with his audience. And she took it as like, oh, there's something here. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but he he uh, he has this piece of shit van. They kind of show it doesn't really want to start, and he he just barely gets out of dodge before the women all rip his clothes off and assault him. <laughs> right. They're practically chasing him down the road. Yeah. And uh, when he br- when he breaks down, as it says in the description, it's it's like pouring rain, and there's this really weird, super like pale faced guy in the road looking for his dog. And Bella, yeah. And I'm like. Man, that guy does not see like I would not trust that guy. I'd be like, "Fuck this! I'm just staying in this van. Like, I got yep. a bed." He's like, "No, let me uh, let me take you to get help." And I don't know. I, I would not feel safe going with that guy based on how he looked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit inbred. Yeah, very very inbred uh, vibe. Right. You know, no no vitamin D and and definitely inbred. It's just yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's so. We uh, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with. Are reviewing, but we just kind of bounce around in different points. We don't necessarily go through in a linear timeline. But mm-hmm. what what is like up with all of the people in this town? I, I don't. Mm-hmm. There there's a lot of weirdness going on with these people, and I, I know you had more of a history with this movie. What is your kind of take on the strange inhabitants? So of the this, this town. So I, 
I think the the the, the idea behind this more than anything is like I think he calls this as I might get this wrong is it is Andalusian um, trilogy. So it's all supposed to be set. These the the three of his trilogy are all supposed to be set in the same area, the uh-huh. same kind of region of of Belgium. And he's taking different kind of swings at it. The, the idea for this being that if you are to drive along these country roads, along these hillsides, and these mountain towns, you will occasionally... right. Yeah, you're, you're going to come across these small towns untouched by the hands of time and technology for for decades. And, right. and that's, that's what you get here. You get a, a guy who runs uh, ostensibly a, a kind of... A, motel, hotel, right. bed and breakfast sort of thing, which no one stays at. Um yes. and some farmers hotel motel. Yeah, like <laughs> some farmers that work around who appear to breed live livestock that doesn't get sold anywhere and they don't treat them per se like you would generally treat livestock. And then and then <laughs> yes, a pub yeah. where a, a, like a pub, a local kind of drinking area which is just like nightmare fuel um so yeah like, so, so yeah like, you have so it's like this weird to me this movie is is what would happen if the inhabitants of the texas chainsaw massacre uh, didn't just live in a house but lived in a small town um right, right. and that's kind of what you get so it's never what the beauty of this movie is it's never really for the most part identified who is normal and who is abnormal i mean we know as the audience what we consider abnormal but it would appear right. that the only one that's acting strange here is actually mark stevens right like the old the old women are acting unusual to how we class old women but mm-hmm. it's it, no one else seems to bat an eyelid except mark stevens when mark stevens arrives at this town he's the only one that appears to not share everyone else's delusion which i kind of love because yeah. it's kind of all it's almost like that i am legend sort of scenario of mm-hmm. well you know at a certain point you're the freak and everyone else is right. normal if everyone else right. is yeah, yeah. one way you're the one that's abnormal and i kind of love that. i kind of love yeah, that about this movie it's like right from the start it kind of pivots that right like mm. you're all you're off straight away into a weird scenario where you're like, well, this is uncomfortable that this old woman's doing this. And then the movie's <laughs> like that, well, if that makes you uncomfortable, wait till you see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just keeps snowballing out from there. But it's, yeah. it, and everyone shares the same delusion, and that's kind of what makes the movie like even creepier, is this idea that, and you'll get to it like, when you're talking, but the fact that people start mistaking Mark Stevens for Gloria, the estranged wife of the hotel owner, who is quite yes. promiscuous and a naughty lady. Uh, <laughs> when they all start thinking, when they all get to that point where they're like, well, that's Gloria, uh, it's, it's terrifying. There is no rational voice. Right. It's definitely a Twilight Zone episode for Mark Stevens, or the guy, you know, our main character here. Um, like you said, going into from, you know, kind of like these, these real low-paying jobs that he's a singer, kind of doing her thing, and you know, these weird people throwing himself at him. Then goes into a town with no women, and they all have, like I said, this this narrative that they're all keeping to, and he's just trying to pass through. And and then when you're the guy in a village of other 
you know, like a backwoods and they're all looking at you like the woman, uh, that's not going to end well. Right. And that's, and it's, and you're right. That scared me as, as, as viewing it. Right? Like, sure. Like, yeah. At the end. And then the guy, um, dresses him up with glory. You came home and you know, he kidnapped him pretty much. And, tortures them and for even and stuff and then all of a sudden you get this other group of uh, interesting characters that also see uh mark stevens as gloria and there's no there's no escape for him there's no it's helpless you sure, know yeah. and it's like yeah the real horror comes in which was really cool yeah i think i texted marco and i said this is what <laughs> would happen if like all the women in the world just went away <laughs> this, is, this is what it would be like Basically, the animals are going to get fucked, and the oh pretty dudes God. are going to get fucked. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> just, yes. Just how it's going to go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you are the pretty artiste. Uh, you are not my wife. Um, like for, for Bruce Wells has a real affinity for not turning the camera away mm-hmm. from right. things that will make you feel uncomfortable, and that's what I, I kind of love about the the kind of almost a double meaning of the the name of the movie as well so you have the ordeal which is what the character is going through but mm-hmm. you as the audience are going through the ordeal as well and that's oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of love that about it on top of all that as well what you have as I think like centrally a fucking phenomenal performance yes. from from our main guy here Long Lucas who is just bewildered and confused and then by the end of the movie is kind of succumb to mm-hmm. his new life you know what i mean it's, it's <laughs> like yeah. when, he, when he reaches out for assistance and he realizes that the people that he's reached out assistance from see are worse as the, yeah see him as the same yeah. character and if not they're yeah exactly are worse um the last kind of shred of um kind of fight out with him running away but the last like kind of shred of fight is gone at that point and he's resigned himself to what will be his new life and it's it's like to to see a character break like that and, mm-hmm. and deliver it so believably on yeah. on screen i think is uh, is incredible and it's like he's the linking thing to these two movies as well in that he, he will be in the next movie and playing a wonderful role he's clearly a fucking great actor yeah. and um like very very diverse but what i love also on top of this is that there is so much mark stevens as a character will do in order to he'll play the problem is he plays into the delusions from the start so i'll just agree with you here because you might give me a chance to use my phone and it's almost as if as soon as he agrees to that part you are pretty much you can't you can't trod back from that. It's like that way where, like, if some you know, if you work at an office and someone calls you the wrong name, so mm-hmm. if someone said to Paul, "Hi, Peter," and Paul didn't correct him right, at right. that point, every day that it goes past that point, it becomes more difficult and awkward to correct that guy yeah, until yeah. eventually you're just Peter. Um, and that's yep. <laughs> kind of where Mark Stevens is, is, but the only difference between that is the worst thing that you'd have to put up with is the wrong name, and the worst thing that he has to put up with mm. is male rape, which yes. I mean, yeah. on screen is. We, we, we talk about this as horror fans, like yeah. very, very rarely, but 
there are few things more terrifying in the genre to a male orientated audience because horror mostly gravitates I think the split is like about 70-30 in terms of horror fandom sure yeah like it gets like we have a ton of movies where women are raped in them and they're all horrible and you know you feel yucky about them and all the rest Mm -hmm. when you're watching them but there are a few things that will stick with you than male rape or or it's it's kind of like the last taboo there are very few films that I've I've done it and very few films that I've done it to the point that will haunt you and Calvert occupies like I mentioned obviously earlier on Texas Mm -hmm. Chainsaw Massacre but you'd be remiss for not mentioning Deliverance uh, which this movie also clearly plays into this idea of it's kind of in the UK we call it folk horror which like is things like the Wicker Man and stuff it's a a, a person going to a town where they are not from and as soon as they arrive there they find that they're kind of stuck and they probably shouldn't be there Uh, in America you guys adapt it and make it into the kind of Deliverance Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing and it's spun out this whole kind of hillbilly redneck horror thing that you know they're still making movies like that you don't really get them in Europe in Europe for whatever reason it it would always have been that if you were stumbling into these times it would be like a vampire or Mm -hmm. a werewolf that's how they handle those stories and it's all to do with Grimm's fairy tales and stuff that the fact that this movie is taking what I would class as a very American idea <laughs> yeah, and gravity yeah, yeah. to them but putting that European shine on it you know that very mm-hmm. stark cold light and very deliberate yes. sort of cinematography right um, when you add that to it there's something that makes it all the more horrific to watch and all the more real and that's the thing about Hallelujah for all that uh, sorry Cal- Calvert that makes it such a great watch for me is for all that the story is completely preposterous and absurd it feels mm. so grounded in reality that it becomes even more uncomfortable to watch sure yeah 100 uh, percent. and yeah go ahead paul oh with the 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 male rape part uh, i don't know about you guys but the first time that you watched it were were you were you almost just like waiting for the the innkeeper guy to yeah. to take a shot at him first yeah, I was I was expecting yeah. that to be where the well, the rape started was with him well, he and got then continued in, yeah, with the townspeople. Yeah, yeah, he got in a bed with them, you know, know, at first, right? And and uh, and I'm like, what, oh, here we the, go. What the <laughs> this film did? Yeah, well, yeah, what this film did very well is that as an audience you're viewing it and you see these kind of subject matters come up. The guy gets in the bed with them and he kind of caresses them. I'm like, oh, here we, yeah, here we go, right? Right. But well, it plays the trick on you. Like around, that. We don't know what happened that night. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, true, true. When we see the the guys raping the pig, essentially, uh, <laughs> also, mm-hmm. um, yes, guys, everybody, that happened. Um, and then the <laughs> whole possible gang rape of this guy, also, and the camera moving up and it's spinning with this whole thing going on. It, right. This film teetered right at the edge, like, like, oh shit, this is going down, and we're gonna, it's good, it's gonna be horrifying, and. Yes. Uh, and like like Duncan said, it's like the last taboo kind of stuff. And uh, all, and then the and then the movie goes to a different scene, like where it's interrupted or it's something. And it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Thank right? fuck but, the, he had some fight left in him, and he got yeah, away after the, the first guy had at him. Yeah, the notion is. <laughs> I was so like, oh no, scary, all these guys are gonna do it. Oh my God, yeah. It, like I said, the notion <laughs> was so scary that it got to me. It was like, you know, you you had your own anxiety watching it. Right. And yeah. 
And I don't care what anybody says. His reaction, Mark Stevens' reaction to the whole thing, or sit and cry, that's what I would do. I would just sit and cry. Cause I, <laughs> I mean, you're just, what else are you going to do, man? You know, you would just bawl uh, well, your eyes out. <laughs> he does fight him off after the first guy. Yeah, he He's does. Like, that's, I mean, one, one is enough. That's when it, he I'm comes to the here. realization that I'm this guy's wife, he just sat at the dinner table and just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep, I would I do know, that. And they're all mocking uh, him. <laughs> they're just like laughing at yeah. him. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you dicks. Yeah, I, I mean, but the, th- the weird thing about it is there's that, like, at the very end where, you know, he escapes and you have, uh, you have a scene of someone essentially being consumed by kind of bogland or marshland or whatever. And right. all they want is the, all they want is the, the admittance that you are the person that you think they are. And the fact that he caves into that and this weird moment of tender, kind of tenderness towards that character throws things up of, does he now believe that? Or is he saying that to comfort that guy? And why would he say that to even comfort that guy in the first place right. after, after everything he's been through? So it really leaves you in this kind of... Right. Huh? So, so, I like, thought he I'm was... Blue. Maybe he was Gloria. Maybe this he, there wasn't a woman. Maybe he was him. But I, and, I mean, that went through my head at the end. Like, yeah, it's, oh it's shit, a, maybe... I, I kind of yeah. love how it does that. I kind of love how yeah, it does right. that. And I mean, like we're talking about, like we're talking about pig rape, and we're talking about, you know, uh, male <laughs> yeah, rape. Um, right. One of like, one of the most haunting scenes in this is the piano scene in the bar. I love it. Yes. I love it. You're right. It is so funny. fucking creepy. Like <laughs> so, so creepy amazing. and so wrong. It's like someone like like choreographed like the Adams Family's backup dancers <laughs> decided to do a musical in a small town in Belgium. Yeah. So you get this scene where someone starts playing the piano, but they're playing the notes incorrect. Um, so they're deliberately playing wrong, which is very difficult to do. Any pianist works right, right. all to play the right note. Um, right. So it's very difficult to train yourself to play the wrong note. So they're playing the wrong note, so you're getting this very discordant, jangly sort of piano thing. And then the locals start to dance. And, oh, no. and it's like it's like the, the shite off-casts of the Thriller music video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's almost like a dance-off. It's so bad. It's so weird. And that the scene goes on for a uncomfortable amount. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, when yeah. I when I first saw it, I called it uh, Stomp the Yard Pig Fucker Edition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, like, yeah, it was uncomfortable, but fascinating, right, at the same time. Because yeah. they're, like, doing this, yeah, right, like, this penguin dance, and they're all paired up, like, all, and they're all men in this bar, yeah. and they all paired up to each other, and I just, like, oh, shit, they're all gonna start fucking each other right now, I know it's happening, like, this, it was, it was that intuition, <laughs> I was, like, I, I just felt that, like, oh, something's, something dirty's gonna happen here, right, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But it was like their real traditional, it was like a 
an ener- a weird energy thing that they were trying to to tran you know transition to maybe going after the dudes or, or something but it was like it's like their rally cry or something yeah maybe or yeah it, it's it, their pup first, rally see, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, thoughts that go through my head when I watched it was the, the older the other guy not the innkeeper but the guy who was in love with Gloria mm-hmm. and he eventually goes after Mark Stevenson were those his sons? With or just like all of just random villagers that just survive this town and they're yeah, right. doing whatever it takes to survive. Because at first I'm like, maybe if they're all his sons, I mean, not that many, but it was like, it, it just makes you think. It really makes you think. And like, it is a simple story. Yeah, guy goes in the wrong side of town or wrong parts of the country and ends up, you know, coming across this people that are not familiar with the outside and treat them the way they would, you know? And, uh, Right. As a viewer, man, I'm telling you, like your head's all over the place. There's so many different scenarios that can go through your head. And yeah, 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 I think the most confusing thing is at the very end, why would Mark Stevens run his chance to escape while the one dude that's pursuing him is drowning in this quicksand kind of stuff, this marsh, turn around and come back to him. And I was like, man, maybe he is Gloria. And Gloria was a man this whole time. (laughs) At least he let him die, though. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he better not save him. I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, he's going to do the right thing. I'm like, no, man. And he, all, he wanted, like said, all he wanted is validation. He wanted Gloria to tell him that he loved him. And right. so and, and so he's told him, I loved you. I loved you. L-O-V-E-D. And so the guy died in peace, and that was it. Then And then I had credits. I'm like, wait, that's not it. It Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, that guy was the killer from High Tension. Or mm-hmm. was he? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, was he? Or was he? <laughs> <laughs> the figment of the imagination. Right. But that was that movie was before this one, wasn't it? A year before, I think. Um, maybe. They're about the same time. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, they're about the same time. So, like I said, at the, the kind of offset here is that when people, in fact, I don't even know if we did it, if this was a preamble or if this was actually recorded, but um, <laughs> when there, there was a whole... The, there's a whole influx of movies which are, are now lumped under this term of new wave of French extremity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, basically it was a, a kind of period of about five years where there was a ton of French horror films that got made, all of them very bleak and all of them very graphic. Mm-hmm. And Calvert technically sits in there because Belgium uh, is a French-speaking country and a lot of the cast and crew were French. And um, yes. I believe some of the money that was funneled into this is also French like money to make it. It's like one of these co-productions amongst many different financiers throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's the one, for whatever reason, is just never discussed. Um, and to me, it's one of the ones where... And I think Mark was right. I think it's not the in terms of storyline. This is not a challenge in the storyline. It's a very very simplistic storyline. It's probably one you've seen done before elsewhere. You've just never seen mm. it done this way. And that's what made the whole kind of new wave of French extremity so amazing. Because inside is a home invasion movie. It's just a home invasion movie you've never seen before right, and right, can't right. unsee. Um, High tension is the kind of stock slash serial killer with the unreliable witness movie that you've seen right. a million times before you've just never seen it done that way right, and they, right. they put like the the horde or frontiers or you know all these ills all these movies are basically kind of what you would attribute as being kind of american style hollywood horror movies right. the, the kind of templates and what the french have just done is adapted and that's what calvera is as well calvera is 
at, at its core, the kind of backwoods horror yes. the sort of story that you would get in America is just they put their own spin on it. Um, oh, yeah. What you realise is when other countries start putting their own spins and things, it's like the first time you watch a movie like um, like Dark Waters or uh, Shutter um, from mm. Japan and their ghost stories, or the grudge, their ghost stories, and their ghost stories kind of like we know them, but not like we know them, and that's what makes them more terrifying. I don't sure, know yeah. how terrifying a movie like Calvert plays to a French audience, or if it's just like a run-of-the-mill sort of movie that they're just used to seeing and the right, impact right. is out with. Um, all I know is that it's a movie that's woefully underrepresented, is woefully yeah, underrepresented, yeah. by a really good director. And like when we go to talk about his next movie, you see that he's not a one-hit wonder, and you can tell in the ten years between these movies, he is a, a far more mature and accomplished filmmaker in that time period, um, but still hasn't lost his ability to to, to kind of shock, which is kind sure, of yeah. awesome. Yeah. A lot of yeah, a yeah. lot of directors lose that over time, and he has not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, why, yeah, don't we, uh, uh, why don't we go around and give our our final thoughts and cool. uh, and our rate here? Uh, if you want to start, Marco, you can. Sure. Uh, give your final thoughts and yeah, um, tell us what you think of it. Yeah, so went into this movie not knowing a thing, and I didn't even read the synopsis. I put it on and watched it, and I was just like shocked, uh, sad, frightened, uh, happy, all all in one movie. It was really like like I said, visually stunning and gritty and pretty. Like like we've talked about where you almost smell the movie. Yes. Um, the style was amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, and the weirdness just was there. And I can, and uh, some of that real horror content, you know, that real life horror content comes to play in this movie, uh, which I have, like I said, I have that where I love monsters and stuff like that more, more or less, more than like, uh, you know, real life horror. But this, this mm-hmm. got it because there's such a different twist and everything that go along with it. And uh, so, anyway. I appreciate it. I liked it. I lo- actually love this movie. Um, I would recommend it, but I would also recommend it going like, I don't know who I'd recommend it to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I, <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it was yes, yeah. a, just a horror fan or someone that just loves movies because it is very, again, very shot well and acted well. And so, yeah, I loved it, but I think I loved it for myself. <laughs> yes. With if the that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, what about you, Duncan? Uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah, it's uh, a, a movie that I don't watch as often as I probably should. But it's a movie that whenever I get an opportunity to talk about on another show, mm-hmm. I talk about it. Or whenever anyone's like that, let's put it to our listener poll. What movie should we discuss next? I'm like Calvert, Calvert, please. <laughs> Never get selected because I'm the only one picking it. But uh, yeah, the, any, the, any chance to give it a, a forum for for new people to come across it. Uh, and hopefully your listeners will go out and, and dig this one out. And yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to recommend. It really, really is because the subject matter and the way it's delivered is so weird and is so uncomfortable and is challenging. But if yeah. you if you want to flex your muscles um, and view, and if you want to try something new, if you want to experience um, another culture's interpretation of a story that is well-trodden and well-worn um, right. in the horror genre, then Calvert is is a great movie to start with. Very similar to Marco. This is a movie that, you know, I comfortably say I love. I, I think it's... It, it's it, there's, there's nothing in it I would change. 
Um, there are things that you know that could have had a bit more money thrown at it that maybe polished up but then I think if you polish mm-hmm. it too much it takes away that grit that you need to yes. for a pack yeah. so yeah exactly exactly perfect uh, yeah I would say this one it's it's right in that range of I really really like it I kind of love it like kind of that same thing where it's it's not like your everyday I love this movie that you're telling everyone about like you're telling people about it but not necessarily recommending it kind of thing so but yeah it's it's um a unique version of a familiar tale which i've found with a lot of especially french-speaking movies like we talked about raw before that's a very kind of uh, unique take on certain topics that are in that movie or even the ravenous there's like some really interesting stuff i mean it's french canadian but still french-speaking Perfect. And it's like, oh, it's this zombie apocalypse type situation, but there's weird shit that you haven't really seen all put together the same way before. And I think that's what you see in this too, where there's something about these French speaking movies, whether it's from Belgium, France, Canada, mm-hmm. that they they have this this interesting way of, of telling the story or, or subverting your expectations at the I right time. They're times. not afraid. They're not yeah. afraid. You know, it's no fear. Go in there, tell a good story, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really like this one quite a bit. Almost love it, I would say, but not quite to the something that I love that I'm going to watch frequently right. type of movie. But uh, yeah, it's, it's like the type of thing you feel like could happen yeah. to, to you. That's why I said, you know, and on Facebook, I was like, well, thanks for making me afraid of the entire country. Of Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Let's right. be honest, were you ever going? You were just... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably yes. not. <laughs> It's like, hey, you want to go to Belgium? Eh, why? Isn't it the country of the, the like that the most beers? Like the I could go yeah, for the it beer. Has, it has a lot of beer. Yeah. 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 So yes, I might be going to Belgium. <laughs> yeah. Calvert does for Belgium what Hostel did for the Czech Republic. Yes. Ah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I would. Uh, I would just want to go to Brussels because I'm a fan of their sprouts. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> That's some good mini cabbage. I like that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take a little break here and we'll be back to talk about Alleluia. Got a boy back home in Michigan and it tastes like Jack when I'm kissing him. So I told him that I never really liked his friends. Now he's gone and he's calling me a bitch again. It's a guy that lives in a And he told me that we make it till we graduate So I told him that the music will be worth the wait But he wants me in the kitchen when it's in a plate I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that we're meant to be But jealousy, 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 jealousy get the best of me Look, I don't mean to frustrate But I always make the same mistakes, yeah Always make the same mistakes, cause I'm bad in love But you can't blame me for trying You know I'll be lying, saying you're the one That could finally fix me, looking at my history I'm bad in love Got a girl with California eyes And I thought that she could really be the one this time But I never got the chance to make her mine Because she fell in love with little thin white lines London girl with an attitude We never told no one, but we look so cute Both got way better things to do But I always think about it when I'm by you I believe, I believe, I believe that I'm in too deep. Jealousy, 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 get the best in me. Look, I don't mean to frustrate, but I always make the same mistakes, yeah. Always make the same mistakes, cause I'm bad in love. Ooh, ooh, but you 
Can't blame me for trying You know I'd be lying Saying glory the wine That could finally fix me Looking at my history I'm back You're afraid I'm gonna walk away It's time to feel in face You know I'm bad in love But you can't blame me for trying You know I'd be lying Saying glory the wine That could finally fix me Looking at my history I'm bad Okay, we are back. We are going to talk about our second movie, which is Alleluia, by the same director. Also starring our boy Laurent Lucas. <clears throat> he is back ten years later, still looking very dashing. <laughs> That's right. Not uh, singing though. Not not quite no, singing no. in this one. Well, alright, so the, the synopsis is very short here. It says a fervid dark lovesick horror story inspired by the real life criminal duo The Lonely Hearts Killers. They don't even really say anything about the actual movie itself. No, because then you go ahead and Google Lonely Hearts Killers, and you're like, okay. Yeah, and I don't, I did, didn't really like look up too much about the original story. Do you know how how much connected any of this actually is, Duncan, or is it just one of those very loosely based upon a similar concept? It's it's based upon a similar concept. So mm-hmm. that this the, the particular story of the Lonely Hearts Killers has been adapted. I want to say it's either four or five different movies now. Um, the big one, genre-wise, is the Honeymoon Killers, um, which this is technically a remake of, um, mm-hmm. albeit it's a remake in the same way Calvert is like a remake of Deliverance. Right. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> So gotcha. um, he, he's went off and done his his own things specifically okay. uh, along the power dynamic between the the two. Um, we play more into the the viciousness of the female character um, in this story than than necessarily the other adaptations have. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I had just kind of quick like glanced at what the story was, and it seemed like that this one was not. Not really very similar to it. Um, this one is more of the story of, uh, and I, I don't know if, how the other one plays out exactly, but if th- this guy is kind of like a womanizer that tricks women into giving him money for his his fake businesses or whatever story he comes up with for the different people. Mm-hmm. And this one particular woman happens to fall insanely in love with him from this one night stand. And then she kind of starts to run his life for him, it seems like, beyond that, to where she mm-hmm. pretty much is just completely controlling him. There is something that I made me do a 180 with this movie in a good way was they mm-hmm. add in, in my head, they added an element of supernatural to it a little bit with the um, the guy in it, you know, doing the seducing the women and for the money like a scam artist. But right. mm-hmm. he also was putting love charms or love spells like like, you know, 
uh, witchcraft or some sort of sorcery that he was doing before yes. doing like a, a charm. What sorcery is this? Sorcery indeed. This is, it, it's almost like uh, a classic story of coming back to at you tenfold where he um, got this girl, what was her name? Gloria, right? Yes. Yeah. I, so, yeah, yeah. She is yeah. also Gloria. Gloria. So yeah, he he met Gloria on an online dating thing, and he and we see him wrap her picture and write and burn this incense thing and do like this charm spell, you know, please have her under my charm and do whatever, so he can seduce her. And it was almost like this one worked a little bit too much because now she fell head over heels, like like obsessed to the point where she left her own kid alone to run off with this guy, and then of course you know jumping into the story helping helping him with his right, achievement right. like he was god but also very vicious uh getting into the violence stages you know where she was very jealous right like that coming back at you tenfold so mm -hmm. putting in that witchcraft element to it i was like hell yeah that's awesome even though yeah. that might not even be a a narrative of the story but they showed it in a way like this could happen like that that's probably what happened where the curse worked a little bit too well. Yeah, I did kind of think that too because she changed so drastically. Oh, big time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what kind of witchcraft that was, but uh, I think, you know. Seemed to me just Mom like a regular love's charm spell, you know. Yeah, Mama <laughs> warned you not to fuck with that stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was a bad boy. Uh, but this this turns into just a full-on jealous lover type of thing. But I, I guess... Uh, it's, it's such a, like with the other movies we've been talking about, whether they were his or other people's, it's sort of this unique version of it where she is involved in trying to help him pull off these scams to get money, right. but then she decides that she can't handle watching him have sex with the, the women or knowing that he's doing it. Right. Yeah, it's part of the con, so like, yeah. in terms of the, the, the con man approach, that he employs and has been employing right up to the point that he meets her is exactly what you said he will meet them he makes them feel special um mm -hmm. will like lay out the beginning it's like the long con he lays out this story that he needs like just in the background and then continually like wind and dine them and 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 move in with them and kind of become part of the family and then an event will happen related back to what he originally said to her like on day one wherever he was running from or whatever scenario to yes. get money out of them and then he fucks off and leaves them and the case oh, of right. this one she tracks him down and is never entirely because in the in the honeymoon killers it's it's kind of more played out that you know that the couple did love each other right in the end but in this one is never in, you're never entirely sure whether or not he is with her through fear <laughs> like yeah yeah right or, or if he identifies because the like that she's helps the con because she starts playing into it she makes the cons more believable right. but from his point of view the thing that seals the deal so to speak um in terms of getting the money is if he sleeps with them the women are more likely to give him money because there's that emotional attraction and connection Correct. to him um but she cannot stand that she can't abide that at all and right. right it delves into this idea of him just originally conning them out of money and never seeing them again to murder and she she starts to propagate a series of murders every time he sleeps vicious yes. murders as well oh, oh, and yeah. she doesn't oh, yeah, just yeah. she doesn't just like kill these women but she lays into this guy as well like beats mm -hmm. the fuck out of him 
And yeah. Then, yes. And then yes. makes them help clean it up and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like takes over, but then after that becomes the subservient part in the relationship again. So she becomes right. the once his attention's back on her, she's the doting, you know, girlfriend slash wife. She does everything she wants, you right. know, that he wants and all the rest. But when the jealousy comes in, that idea of possession, that idea of um, lust and love and control, yeah, and security. Yeah drives her mad to the point that this woman that when we first meet her seems well the thing is like when we first meet her we think she seems like she's like the, mousy yeah mm -hmm. like the victim very timid there, yeah there there are a couple of telling scenes that she's mentally not like stable and one of them is when he asks her for the money and she walks to the door then sprints upstairs yeah. to get money and then right. sprints back down and then fixes herself just before she comes out looking mm -hmm. like it's been no big issue she's not right. rushed or anything like that and that shows from her point of view a, a sense of deception as well so i'd like i kind of love the mm -hmm. like these it's almost like this odd couple characters where he is like he has to be forced to kill in this movie and he does not want to do it right um and the horror in his face when he well, I'm yeah. jumping right to the end here, but the horror no, is okay. when, when he sees what she's going to do to that kid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he finally stands up to her. Yeah, but even then, he like, pulls her off, but even then, they're still together as a couple afterwards. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And the yep. insinuation is that, because there's no police arriving to pick them up or anything, so the insinuation is that she probably killed that kid anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, because she doesn't... Uh, appear to chase down the kid we don't see anything and she seems quite cool and calculated packing her bags to leave so you know there's there's this idea of that might actually happen in the background after that scene and he has once again resigned himself to the fact that there's no way out for him you know what i mean he yeah. is he's is, he is tethered to her forever now um, right, come to her, right. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's this weird thing so that's where it differs from kind of the the original um, kind of template story the original serial killers and all the rest didn't necessarily go down that darker road and that's what I kind of love about this one is the power dynamic is is very clearly shift in favour of the woman right but yeah, not, you, you and see not him just kind of give in yes like in yeah. the other movie he's, he's yeah. the yeah, same and that's kind of why, idea that, yeah and that's why like I said I, that's why I looked at the supernatural part of it right like yes. she wasn't this type of person but she was under such a spell that she felt she again left her entire life, did everything for him, and tried to have you know like I'm gonna do everything for you. But then she ended up taking over, and that's the tenfold. That's the that's the you know yeah uh, gets the the penalties of the curse. If he tried to look at another woman, this entity or her would take over and be like, nope, you ain't doing it, even yeah. though I said you could. But yeah, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. You might just yeah go. yeah. Well, exactly. And, and they show on the the last woman that he's with that he he clearly does not want to go along with her rules because he just starts drugging her with like sleeping medicine yeah so that <laughs> she like passes really out and then he her. can go yeah. get his fuck on yeah i so. think he i think he was falling in love with the last girl like like okay you know what i'm actually falling in love with her and her daughter and now i got this problem i got this problem that i've created and right. so i'll drug her yeah and and there was like a weird time lapse or some like i, I don't know how much time was going through bad but uh he ended up like seducing her so he can have a life but i don't know i was getting a sense that he didn't really want to scam this last one out of the things that's right just, yeah 
yeah, it did seem like I, that. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that he finally finds like some level of comfort, some some level of you know I can see a life here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can't do that when you have this woman with you. <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> like, and, and then we see it all comes tumbling down. It was like, and he's left at the end of the movie with this curse with her. You know, he's yeah. stuck with her because he made that pact. You know, and it, it yeah. This, it worked too well. <laughs> yeah, they, they will eventually end up in prison, and they'll end yeah. up in prison for the uh, the, the he, he cons the wrong woman. Ultimately, he, mm-hmm. he he cons a woman that is you know unhinged. Um, yeah. Which once again is a story we're very familiar with. We've seen it done before. I just oh love yeah. That they, I love that we do it in here. I love the like we, we talked about um, in the previous movie. This idea of kind of kind of art house aesthetics without being an art house movie um, right. the cinematography in this this particular movie is very much like that there's a scene where she is the kind of older woman that he's sleeping with and right. she comes in the door pulls the older woman off him hits him a couple of times he kind of cowers in the corner crying with this mm-hmm. like lamp on its side shining light at him where we yeah. get the silhouetted outline of her just I know to death this old <laughs> with her shoe Just chopping wood oh, yeah. it's so good it's 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 and the cam once again the camera that whole scene goes on for she beats her to death for about forty five seconds and an unbroken yeah. shot while the guy yeah, cowers yeah. in the background naked with a light on him <laughs> and it's it once again it's shades of Calvert and shit like yeah. it's yeah. just it's very 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 even on top of that how fracture the character she is when she like after she kills the first time and she brings the body to the the kitchen table and starts singing like just oh like God. this, this happy song as she takes a hacksaw of this woman's <sighs> ankle yeah so good yeah that was gnarly. so good like I, I i think i was i think i actually rewound that scene and watched it again like immediately because i'm like how how perfect that was um me as a movie fan and and yeah an art fan and that was like that was like pure art that yeah, yeah, yeah. lullaby not a, of, or, not a lot of cuts like a lot of no. long shots and she just saw through that lady's ankle in slow motion and it wasn't the camera wasn't panning away it was just like wow this is cool <laughs> <laughs> you know uh and also they did a lot of split uh um shots where they would show half of the guy's face and then half of her face as when they were talking either but divided by a pillow or maybe a wall or something. There was a lot of that half and half, like telling us, "Look, there's two, there, this is one entity that we're following, but there's like these, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the torturous side and this other side just that are in conflict, but come together, and then nothing but violence happens when they come together." So, yeah, there's a lot of things you could read into it. Uh, very, very well shot. Again, um, one of those things where I go, "Damn, I'm just glad I watched this. I'm glad I got an opportunity to watch this in my life." Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, she's just plays crazy so good, too. Her, yeah. Her acting is great because she goes through the full range of she's like enamored with him and then mm-hmm. she's insanely upset and she's depressed and crying and freaking out and screaming for someone to pay attention to her. And like, yeah. She just goes through this great range of everything and it feels so believable and you mm-hmm. almost start to feel tension of like he's sneaking off to do something and you're like, oh, is this going to be the time that she's going to snap? Yeah. Oh, oh, she doesn't like the way that he touched her hand. There is that, is that gonna set yep. her off? Like you're just waiting and waiting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, it proves that you can actually beat someone to death with their own shoe. <laughs> <laughs> We've all heard the threat before. 
We've never actually seen it until now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I felt so bad for the guy. He kept uh, getting cock blocked. And he couldn't even get one off, man. He just, she just came in the room as yeah. he was, as he was, you know, trying to get with these old ladies. And well, yeah. ironically, he only got laid when he roofied his his girlfriend <laughs> so that he could get laid from someone that was conscious. Yeah. So, exactly. Like you, you're doing the roofie thing wrong. I mean, I get what you're doing here, but. Like the, the character uh, as well, like like just like you were talking about, just like she plays it so well and all the rest. For yeah. podcasts under the stairs, for like I I do like just on top of everything else. Uh, I've started doing these episodes where I take the month and then I pick a like I, I do one dedicated episode to that. So in January I did a John Carpenter January, um, mm-hmm. in February I did a Fabio Frizzy February, and um, my March one which drops the week that we're recording this um, is March Madness. And it's a kind of examination of some of my favourite kind of psychotic characters in cinema. Um, And I've been compiling the list for a couple of weeks. And it was one of the reasons that when you kind of shouted out like about different ideas and all the rest, Alleluia was the... Alleluia came to my mind first before Calvera, actually. Um, Mm. It was off the back of that because she makes my list as one of the, you know, great on-screen psychopaths. Yes. but like just just all the small details after the fact of how obsessed she is with him, how he like like we're talking about the spell worked too well, you know the story mm-hmm. that he laid down the the sex that he gave her the the the, the way she felt around him, is so much so that she abandons her kid. Like yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. She abandons her daughter and later on yeah. she attacks him because he's being too friendly with mm-hmm. the kids of one of. The, the potential victims so you never talked to my daughter you never acted that way around my daughter and right. as an audience member you're like that you fucking abandoned your daughter yeah what the fuck I know. Are you yeah. about yeah and you just met him and he was around your kid for one day yeah yeah you left him alone with her you left a, yeah. her alone with him for a little bit yeah it's that it, it, again as an as a viewer you're looking at it going look how much in love was she or how much under a spell was she to abandon her kid yeah. Uh, she was a single mom, obviously, and just kind of like you know take off and do and then go into criminal life with him, you know, seduce and and um, con women out of their money, other everything, and is it, is it's nuts. And you're right, like like she is one of the psychotic characters that that I think if I am going to tell somebody about this movie, I'm going to be describing her. Yeah, 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 and once again, like I say, it, it links back to this idea of as a character, there are clues that she is unstable, right? She's unstable right from the start, and one of them mm-hmm. is that you don't yeah, yeah. meet someone, sleep with them at your apartment, and then leave them alone with your daughter in the house. Yeah, I know. You don't know them, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. It's, it's, there's there's just a lot of things she does early in the movie that you know the chickens come home to roost at the end. Like you've went you've went mm-hmm. to the extreme of these kind of weird quirks in behavior that you see at the the start that that start to manifest. And the darker she gets, it weirdly enough, it reminds me in a lot of respects Ben Wheatley, who's a guy that I like. Had we not done this, we would have probably been talking about like kill list and shit like that. Oh, nice. But, Love mm-hmm. Ben Wheatley, but Ben Wheatley did a movie about the same time called Sightseers, um, and Sightseers mm-hmm. is a movie that I highly recommend to anyone that hasn't seen. Yeah, that one's Sight- funny. Yeah, Sightseers is the comedy version of this movie. Like, really, uh-huh. you know, it's it's, it's like the it's like this mixed with Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh yeah. shit! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's this it's like it's about a, a like a man and a woman, like and the man like 
kind of, uh, you know, the woman gets besotted with a guy and then she kind of feel, finds out that in Sightseers anyway, she finds out that he is a serial killer um, and then she just joins in and we realise very, very quickly that she's she's the darker of the two. Um, and Alalu is the same. It's this idea of when you join the criminality you expect that you expect in a lot of respects it's kind of thrown convention on its head that the woman would be the either the brains of the operation or she would be the one that would seduce using sex um because that's how that's how media and that's how stories are usually portrayed and the interesting thing about it is it actually goes it grims it more into realism that that's how this is how con men like con men operate is this is what they do they find only women they befriend them they date them they sleep with them Mm -hmm. and then they con them out of their money and leaving very rarely a body leaving like a like a trail of like like broken dreams and 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 empty bank accounts but in this movie they, they they go they go full on the other way female con or con like con women con artists yeah con artists um of this one are more inclined to kill <laughs> not the way she does it they're more inclined to poison um but they're they're more inclined to kill so i love the the fact that it whilst it feels like it's turning convention on its head it's actually probably playing more into the tropes of what actually happens in real life once again right. i'm doing it in a, a level of realism which i love there's one yes. scene we talked about earlier on and I think it's we talk about those artistic shots and we talk about scenes where your blood turns ice cold when she has murdered the, well when the, the the final mother has been murdered and uh, right. uh, Laurent Lucas's character is outside washing his hands in the rain these blood stained hands and the daughter walks out and he kind of looks between her and looks over at Gloria and then right. Gloria does the the kind of velociraptor thing from Jurassic right. Park, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. the hands go at like claws. And but the the <sighs> choice to make it a silent, you hear no audio, but she screams as she runs at her is fucking right. terrifying. Because if you're yeah. a kid, you've heard your mum, you've been locked in a room, you've heard your mum be dragged away. You walk out, the man that you thought was in love with your mum is standing there with his hands drenched in blood raining them out and the sun like clearly dishevelled mm-hmm. and you look right. around and the crazy woman that dragged you and put you in that room also has blood on her and she starts running towards you screaming uh, that's yeah. fucking terrifying yeah that's absolutely yeah. terrifying oh, um yeah. i love like i love that scene it's such a simple yes. thing to do but you put audio over that you have her actually screaming running towards it doesn't have the same impact as it does having it silent um, you're right. It's, it's right. fucking awesome. Uh, uh, once yep. again, one of the many reasons I think Fabrice Welts is a, just a, a great filmmaker. Interestingly enough, you just dropped an episode with Boz on mm. it. Uh, Boz, not a fan of this guy. <laughs> Does <laughs> <still> like Cal- <laughs> oh, okay. Doesn't really like Hallelujah. Um, but like one of my early conversations with him when we were talking about different movies, uh, and he basically said to me, he was like, I bet you love Calvary. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I bet you love Al- Ali. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know me too well, Boz. Um, so yeah, there's, there's something that it, yeah. just, it, it links into me and it just connects with me. And yeah. like I was talking about that maturity between film projects here. Mm-hmm. Um, his camera work is so much better. His, his particular style is so much more defined, and his way of telling stories. I mean, this movie is—I want to say—shorter than Calvert, um, 
but we do a lot more in this story that's split into like four or five chapters this movie right um but we we do it at the right pace these pacing's on point um and then we get that kind of kind of nice epilogue sort of thing of the after effect of them just basically being chased down by the police we never see the after effect of what that is but we see them essentially on their way towards being arrested Um, and i love that as well i just think i think it's a great movie oh yeah, yeah yeah And was it just me, or was that blowjob scene kind of hot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not really into older women, but I was kind of getting into that scene. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, she's got skills. <laughs> Mouth like a Dyson Hoover. Right? I, I almost thought she was doing it for real. It was like a, a, a soft course situation. Big time soft course, you know. <laughs> it's definitely a little more sex in this movie. And yeah, not any male rape. There is no. no. Sadly. Sadly. Yes. <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Thankfully, there's no actual rape of, of anyone in this movie. That's one no. one place it doesn't cross into. Yeah. No. Everything's <laughs> consensual and, except for the murder. Yes. Yeah. Non-consensual murder. <laughs> that is bad. Is, uh, yes. I, 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 think, I think even consensual murder is sort of frowned upon. <laughs> I, I believe I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> or, or, or it ends up being frowned upon, like or or non-consensual. Yeah. The act is actually happening. I don't know what yes, I. Yeah. I was drunk. Yeah, maybe not in that uh, in that backwards town of uh, Belgium from Calvert, but <laughs> rules are a little different around there. But uh... <laughs> a bit, just a little bit from. Never mind. I, I won't say anything about the southern states. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a weird inverse as well in terms of. Of, of cast as well where the previous movie was predominantly male cast yes. um, ah, and this movie ah. is predominantly female cast which mm-hmm. once yeah, again yeah. kind of love this guy he's just he's playing around he's just having fun cookie mm-hmm. yep. artist yep. yeah well hopefully it won't take him 10 years from this one to do the third one but yeah i have no idea what his next project he had a movie in 2016 which i didn't see which was more a kind of hollywood esque movie I mean um, there's been no word since then so I'm kind of hoping he rims out the trilogy uh, as his next movie so um, oh, right, right. we don't have long to wait uh, even if it is the, the kind of the, another decade we only have what another five years <laughs> sure sure <laughs> must go faster must go faster yes exactly uh, oh yeah he did the um, he did the movie with Chadwick Boseman I actually did see that one it was it was a good movie but it wasn't I mean, it was just like an action movie, you know, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. Yeah. It was basically Black Panther without superpowers. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes as director, you got to get paid. <laughs> like, yes. Well, absolutely. there you go. There you go. This is my PD. Here is the trauma. This is my PD. Here is the trauma. <laughs> yes. So, so, yeah, this this will fund the, uh, the next movie now. Hopefully. Yep. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we uh, go around and we can start with you again, Marco, to give kind sure. of uh, final thoughts and and rating of this movie yeah so as soon as i started watching this movie i was i was hooked like really i was hooked i was like i just love how it just opens no title no nothing just it's it's her you know walking the you know from her job and everything um this is where we don't get to explore a lot of these kind of films where women murdering right like in in the horror mm-hmm. genre or just like real life drama and if I've, I've also read an article before how women murders or women that murder, they do it out of love. They, yeah. You know, they do it out of love when men do it out of hate. And right. I thought that this movie explored that a little bit too. And again, with the with the whole 
if if there was a supernatural connection to it or whatever, it was just something that the guy did. Um, but again, everything at this movie was done out of love, you know, um, protecting her own or just being in love with the guy and everything. I just love that exploration. And I wish there was more of that. Like, like when we do our horror icons and stuff, very rarely do we put a lot of women in front of this kind of role, you know, of uh, the right. psychotic murderer or, or iconic horror monster. And I want to see a lot more of that, too. So that's one thing that I got out of it. So I'm going to recommend this movie to anybody. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. If you like, you know, the, I don't know, natural born killers element to things like that kind of love story where the rampaging just murder and and just lust and everything. This is this is great. Done exceptionally well. And it's probably going to put in my repertoire of favorite scenes is going to be that singing scene and then hacking up the body. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is going to be like one of my pinnacle scenes. I, I'm just like that, just that alone. And, and that is awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm putting it in the category of love. Again, I love this movie. I'm going to recommend it to everybody. Uh, and again, I'm so excited that it actually, you know, it got to our forefront. So thank you, Duncan, again for recommending this. Nice. Uh, what about you, Duncan? Yeah, th- this one to me is like I, I, I love this movie. Um, if he keeps charting, I, I mean, I, I prefer prefer this movie over Calvert. Um, and you know, the next movie come out. I hopefully I prefer that over Hallelujah. I think it's a, mm-hmm. like I'm a big fan of the Honeymoon Killers. Anyway, I've always played the a great bit of kind of exploitation cinema. So when I'd originally heard that he was doing his take on it, I, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if we need that. And then watched it, and I was like, well, yeah, you've you, you've not only not only done it justice, but you bettered it. I think it's a great yeah. movie that really handles a lot of kind of complex mm-hmm. kind of topics and subject matter, but. It does it in a way where it doesn't spend too much time explaining anything and you don't feel shortchanged for it and it gives you a whole right. lot of bang for your buck and some twisted, weird, and on some level relatable characters. Like, whilst I'm yeah. not a killer, I know for a fact I have been so jealous of, uh, you know, a partner at some time that the thought of them once separated from them, of them, you know, moving on with their life and sleeping with someone else. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. Would you know? And, and this movie is just like, what would happen if you know? Instead of having those thoughts, you acted on those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think that's something mm-hmm. relatable. Like, oh, there yes. is a relatable level on that one. Plus, I mean, it, when it needs to get graphic, it gets graphic. When it needs yeah. to get violent, it gets violent in a way which feels great. Plus, the deaths feel real. Like, even when yeah. he's bringing that axe down on her and hits her arm at first, that's what would happen. Any other movie, yeah. her arm would fall off. But in this one, it gets stuck in there. It has right. to pull it out. There's not a uh, geyser of blood or anything that goes everywhere. Because right. that's not how the body operates. And right. just, like, all those little touches of detail... Um, and like two phenomenal central performances for completely different mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays the cocky, confident guy who ultimately is out of her, his depth, and she plays this loving character, the the kind of the Annie Wilkes from Misery on steroids. Yes. Uh, oh my god, yes. Yeah, and I, I just love that. I think that to me is just it's just it's, it's a wonderful, dark, disturbing twisted little romantic movie yeah yeah yes. yeah. a date night movie it's a perfect yeah. date movie <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah i mean 
maybe not for a girl that you just put a love curse on. Oh, I don't no, want to show no, it to her. No. Yeah, because then she's yeah. gonna be like, hmm, <laughs> something ideas. relatable about that Gloria character, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, if 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 you're like, just advice to your listeners: if you're watching this movie with a partner, um, and they start taking notes and pausing the bits at the disposal <laughs> of the body, might want to, might want to, might want to end that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Maybe right. move far away, change your identity. Yeah. If they, if they say the words, that's not how an axe cuts an arm. <laughs> then yeah. Just saying, just saying, just putting that out there. <laughs> Look at the time. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, it's getting late. Yeah, but it's your house. Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's so late. So. <laughs> you should probably go. Yeah, you should, should go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I love this one. I do like it a little better than Calvair. I think, mm-hmm. I think Calvair has more shock appeal to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it has more of that kind of sticking with you after the movie effect. Uh, this one is in some ways more easily digestible, I feel like, and, mm-hmm. and could be recommended to more people for sure. Uh, not that that's how I necessarily gauge if I love a movie or not, but I, I do think this one is something that is is a more fun watch, a more entertaining movie overall. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, another one of these things where it's kind of this unique spin on it. It's done a little bit differently. It kind of fucks with the conventions. Uh, It keeps everything realistic, but at the same time, feeling like it's, it's this extraordinary, crazy story, but still somewhat feeling grounded, like, oh, I guess maybe this could happen, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like stuff like that doesn't happen, I suppose, right? So mm-hmm. it's always based uh, on something, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, just another one that is visually stunning. Acting is is fantastic, uh, really captivating, and and all done within a short runtime too. It doesn't overstay its welcome. You're you're almost kind of like, oh wow, that's that's already over. Wow, I right. expect I almost expected it to be more than the whatever three people basically that are are the on screen kills of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You like kind of go. Oh, is this going to be like this rampage of they're going to murder like fifteen people or something? But uh, I kind of appreciated that because we've seen that already. You know what yes, I mean? We've yeah. seen those type of movies before. So this is like that. Is this is his end tale? Because at the end he gets arrested. So this is like his last. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and these are and these are horrific, realistic murders. They're not mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. oh, we brought on you know random bimbo dumb bitch that you don't care about and you want to see her die or whatever. So right. Right. These these characters mean something. They have a little bit of an arc. Yeah, absolutely. Them, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just a, another one that I, I had not heard of. And like Marco, I would also say thank you for introducing us to this. Thanks for being open-minded. Like, uh, oh, yeah. it's not the first time I've been invited on a show, and they're like, "Yeah, pick some movies," and then I pick <laughs> a couple, and they're like. Yeah, that's not easy to find. So maybe pick another couple of movies. Oh yeah, no, we we like no, we, we won't give up. Yeah, we, we like, like the weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll yeah. pirate if I have to. Thank right. you very much, James. That's right. I got out my peg leg and my eye patch. And I <laughs> that's right. And away we go. Got to see these movies. I don't want it to that's be our. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we wrap everything up, I guess uh, if you want to take a minute to. Let everyone know where they could keep up with you and find your show and all of that. Oh, cool. That would be the time. Yep. Uh, so uh, the name of the show is Podcast Under the Stairs. You can find it at tputscast at t-p-u-t-s cast uh, dot com. Um, I am on uh, Facebook. 
Twitter, Instagram. Um, if you search podcast under the stairs in Google, you'll pretty much find everything yes. to <laughs> find uh, for that show. And yeah, um, on the internet, Duncan McLeish, um, you will find me in, like, yeah, you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. just, uh, I'd always happy to chat about movies. And uh, I just want to personally thank both of you for inviting me on your show. This has been a blast. Oh, no, yeah, this, was, this was a long time coming. Like, uh, when we first started the podcast, I'm gonna kick your, kiss your ass a little bit here. So, <laughs> this is what like one of the go-to people that I I was listening to your show. Like, this is how you do it. This is this guy's knowledgeable. This is you know it's not just the regular show. And then of course you put out a million shows, and it's like just it's just easy. Like I was just about to say, if you can't find Dunk, you're not. I mean, he's everywhere. You, you know, yes. it's easy easy to find. So, dude, yeah, thank you so much for Kelver. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, thank you for taking your time and uh, and coming on talking and, and recommending these movies and opening up my mind to a genre that I need to explore more because all, so far everything that's coming out of like you know the French, uh, you know European horror stuff, I'm just loving it. I'm loving it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So as far as for this show, um, I have to. I'm, I'm I'm always bad about saying on the show when I do a guest spot on somewhere so <laughs> if you enjoyed hearing me talk about old boy and you want to hear me talk about old boy some more I was on our friend Desmond's podcast called Desmond's Flicks mm-hmm. and we talked about I saw the devil and old boy on his show uh, so check that out that was a couple weeks ago but I, I'm always bad about plugging these guest spots that I do so I want to make sure I give a shout out to him and also keep up with our other podcast networks which are the Legion Podcast Network the Raw Live and Unedited Podcast Network and the Padded Room Podcast Network all filled with great shows and entertaining people who are becoming friends of ours and, and helping us with our show as well so keep up with us through all of those channels and obviously all the social media and podcast apps you can find us on as well and i think that will do it so yeah thanks again duncan uh it's been great and i am sure that we are going to talk again sooner than a year hopefully <laughs> yeah whatever man, uh, whatever, man. Yeah, like, yeah i'm happy to come back whenever you want perfect perfect and we will definitely keep up with your show through all of those uh, same podcast apps as well Mm-hmm. And I think that will do it. So until next time, thanks everybody for listening and have a good night. Farewell.
Where'd you go to school? Uh-huh, yeah. 